Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, hour two of the Burgundy Gold today. Scott Jackson with you here. Solo today, we'll talk to Doug Russell from... Green Bay at the uh, 2 o'clock hour on the Packers issues, and there are plenty of them. We'll deal with those here in a second. Commanders-wise today, just skimming through the practice reports, I mentioned Jahan Dotson was back at least doing individual drills earlier for the open part of the session. I think it was John – yeah, it was John Kimes' video I watched. I don't know. We'll see if he makes it through the week. He's got a hamstring. He was not running like Jahan Dotson normally runs. So let's just leave it at that. Um – no Logan Thomas per Ben Standig or John Bates in the uh, thin tight end room. Um, but fullback Alex Arma was back today. You remember remember uh, John Bates on Thursday night in that um, epic game on Amazon Prime, he was injured in the warm-ups. So he did not participate in the game. So they had two tight ends in the game, Cole Turner, the rookie, and the other rookie, Armani uh, – Rodgers, that was it. That's all they had for uh, tight ends in that game. So that was uh, a little bit challenging. Also says no William Jackson per Ben uh, a few moments ago at practice as he's dealing with a back injury. Although, again, this report from him last week about him asking for a trade, he strongly denied yesterday. He requested a session with the media yesterday to shoot down that report. So, a couple things on that. So that was a NFL Network report. I'd said this yesterday to everybody. I said, look, there's one or two people these things come from. Player or, you know, player agents, excuse me, or team when it's NFL Network. Or, you know, or teams, plural. Um, clearly, my feeling is the way they've denied it, the way he's denied it, is it came from a third-party team, like another team saying, hey, they're trying to trade William Jackson. Apparently he's asked for a trade. But maybe he didn't, and maybe they were actually looking to trade him or just trying to see if there's a market out there, and this team was talking about that. So, I mean, that, that could be the possibility here. I, whatever it is, the, November 1st is the trade deadline. Write it down. Um, Sam Cosme, uh, thumb surgery course a while ago, is participating with a club on his left hand per Ben. Uh, Charles Lennon's shoulder is wearing the red non-limited contract, non-limited contact jersey. So there you go. That was uh, today, and now everybody's been kicked out of practice for about I don't know, like fifteen or twenty minutes at this point, or I guess an hour ago. So 
there you go. We will get more when the practice ends. But that's where things are with the Commanders. All right, let's talk about the Packers because this is not your dad's Green Bay Packer team or really, heck, your Packer team from last year. Three and three, worst start through six games since 2012. All right, so let's think about that for a second. So they're three and three, and they're calling that their worst start since 2012. Uh, meanwhile, you know, no matter what you call the franchise here that we – pay attention to in Washington, the where's the burgundy and gold or it's the maroon and black. Um, this is their second straight two and four season. And get this, a win Sunday for the commanders would give them their best start through seven games since 2018. <laughs> so three and four would be the best start through seven games in four seasons when they were five and two that year. Of course, that was the uh, Alex Smith injury year. Um, Despite the victory on Thursday, the Commanders are guaranteed to enter the month of November no better than 500 for a sixth straight year. So hard to feel bad for the Packers, but let's go through it anyway. Packers will drop two in a row in the regular season for the first time since 2018 when they lost three in a row. The Packers have been a horrific second-half team. Because if you watch this game against the Jets, it was a, a tight game in the first half. Then the second half, it was a complete disaster. They've been outscored 73-36 to 36 in second half. This includes a 41-9 advantage for opponents over the last two games. Fourth quarter of this season, the Packers have been outscored 40-12. to 12. Um, Matt LaFleur, as a head coach of the Packers, is 10-1 following a regular season loss. Of course, the lone loss just came to the Jets. Um, he had won exactly thir- game, 13 games in each of his first three seasons, but obviously would have to win, you know, 10 of his final 11 to get to 13 this year. Not been uh, quite the same team. Is it just Devontae Adams being gone? It's sure a big part of it, right? I mean, you'd have to be crazy not to think that. They're coming up a season low in yards last week, 278 against the Jets. Um, the Jets, again, their they're defense, Quinn and Williams was a game wrecker, absolute game wrecker. But if you're John Allen, if you're Deron Payne, I mean, you're, you're on this defensive line of the commanders you got to be a little jazzed up about the uh, opportunities this weekend. you got to be a little excited watching the film. And we'll see. I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers is still really good, still puts the ball in places only other quarterbacks can dream of. But the problem is he does not have the weapons around him. He's got, you know, he didn't spend any time with these guys in the offseason. Didn't want most of these guys, it feels like. Didn't want to be bothered with it. It's not like he saved the team a lot of cap space and signed the new contract he signed to add people after they were, you know, going to move on. Season as an organization, they're extremely stubborn when it comes to taking skill players early. You know, they like to to wait, and you know, they feel like they can find players later in drafts. And right now, it's that's not the case. We'll again talk more about this with uh, Doug Russell too. But you know, they're they're best offensive players. They're two running backs, and they're not getting enough touches. I mean. Aaron Jones and obviously A.J. Dillon are their two most dangerous offensive players. They don't get the ball enough. You know, that, that's been a problem. Now, look, the Packers are probably like, well, thank God. You know, we dropped two in a row. We got the Commanders coming up. The, the Commanders have been – we talked about the second half of the Packers. The first half of the Commanders have been horrendous over the last five games. Outscored 72-20. to 20, And, you know, they've been getting – very few takeaways. They finally had a, quote, breakthrough takeaway game last week, the John Allen pick, the fumble recovery on the muff punt. So they had two takeaways. They are able to win the turnover battle against the Bears. It was their first game in the season where they did not turn the ball over 
as well. So that was significant for the Commanders. But that, you know, been getting their butts kicked in a turnover battle. You know, have not scored but 47 points in the last four games. And that has uh, certainly uh, been a reason why they're 2-4. and four. They were very fortunate to play the Bears Thursday night in that 12-7 to seven epic. By the way, did see the Amazon Prime, and it's not going to surprise anybody, this was the lowest rated week that just went by for the Amazon Prime video game. Commander's Bears, just an 8.8. It was the, the worst of all the ones thus far. And it was, look, man, it's it's pretty awful how yeah, how bad that game was. I mean, it was one of the worst games you'll ever watch. I mean, fortunately, you won it if you're looking at it from the Washington side. I mean, to be a Bears fan, you got to be sick to your stomach. I mean, all the chances they had in the self-implosion and all the things that happened. But, man, to go into a long week like that, you know, this mini-buy and have to wait to play a second game, that would have been extremely painful if you had lost that game, you know, 13-7 to at the buzzer, essentially, on that last play. It would have been a long, long week, you know, to be 1-5 in five at this point. But you're hanging on by the thinnest of margins at 2-4, and four, and you got the quarterback change. And you got the quarterback change. And I do think they'll get some juice. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. We'll talk about it more again they had some issues last year scoring points with Taylor Heineke. They moved the ball. They stayed on the field a little bit easier. They certainly, you know, have been horrific on third down these last several weeks. I mean, you can't you can't say enough how much the offense has put the defense in a hole. But you know what? For the last few weeks, the defense has actually responded pretty well. And if you look at this last game that the Packers played, if you're this team's defense, you got to feel pretty good about your opportunities to get after Aaron Rodgers. Uh, your opportunities for your defensive line to beat their offensive line. you got to feel pretty good about it. And you got to um, go out and take advantage of it. I mean, the Packers, you know, I think they've lost their last three here at FedEx for whatever, you know, regular season games, not counting the playoff game. So they've had success against them here. There have been some, certainly some way better Packer teams, and there's certainly been some better Washington teams that have uh, lined up against the Packers as well. But, you know, the, we'll see. I, I'm optimistic. The offense is going to take an uptick this week with Heineke, yes. And that's knowing that certainly he's not going to have the downfield passing game of one Carson Wentz. But, you know, those plays have been few and far between uh, really for a while. I mean, they, they've had some hits, but they also have not been hitting big plays. I mean, they haven't been hitting the chunk plays for the most part. So even though you have the threat of it, it hasn't happened. You also have a quarterback that's a threat to actually run and beat the blitz or, you know, beat a pass rusher. And also maybe slow down, you know, some of your linebackers, at least get them to pause for a, a tick or two in the running game. And that'll be interesting. That was one of the things Ron Rivera surprisingly did mention yesterday in his press conference, because they have not shown a ton of RPO over the years. And, you know, clearly they're thinking about it this weekend. It sounds like it's going to be part of the game plan. And it could help in, a, in another week, fresher and kind of getting his legs back from under him, O'Brien Robinson certainly could help as well. No doubt about it. So that's, with all this other stuff going on, the football side of it, which is kind of important uh, for this team, if they at least have the hope of a season being salvaged still, you kind of need to go on a bit of a run here. And the next few weeks, 
outside of the game at Philly, none of them are the most daunting, almost unwinnable. You know, you can't say they're unwinnable games, but of course, it's still the part of you got to actually go out there and do it. Your, you know, make it happen. You can actually go out there and execute and be consistent. Things that this team has not been particularly good at over these last uh, several seasons. All right, coming up, we'll get to some phone calls. 301-230-0980. 301-230-0980. Want to jump on board. We get back to the off-the-field noise. Uh, do you feel like this may actually end up somewhere? Do you think this is actually going to end up somewhere, or is it just, again, the latest noise? Uh, after yesterday's comments from Jim Irsay at the NFL owners' meetings, we'll dive into that. Will this actually result into anything? And, yeah, if you've got some on-field thoughts, you can certainly share them with the quarterback change, and will it in the end actually help this team play some better football over these next few weeks? We'll get to your thoughts next. It is Burgundy Gold today. Scott Jackson with you here, Team 90 streaming live on the Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Free Odyssey app. Burgundy and Gold today. Scott Jackson with you here on the team. 980 streaming live on the free Odyssey app. 301 Or you can hit me up via Twitter at Jackson Sports. As Conrad has, he says, Doctor recommended that we take a shot of tequila and get ready to play the Washington Commanders. That's our get well game. Go Pack Go. So clearly, that's the way the Packer fans feel. And I look, I'm not shocked over about that or you know that they would feel like this is their get well game because they um they need one i mean much like the commanders need to win last game. i don't know if we, we you could say they got well but they got a w at least beating the chicago bears thursday night and it wasn't pretty by any means by the way carson Wentz, you know for all the hoopla look he is a stronger arm than taylor heineke we get that i mean that's obvious and he, he hit you know, some big chunk plays in the first few weeks of the season. There have been few and far between since. Did hit one against the um, against the Titans, obviously, for that touchdown to Deami Brown. Last week, there were, were no big plays, per se. I think 18 yards is the largest. But last year, Taylor Heineke averaged 6.9 yards per attempt, which is 21st in the NFL, tied with a guy named Carson Wentz of the Colts. So, yeah, there's that. It's interesting. Very interesting because that um, that doesn't speak of a guy that had a huge advantage throwing the ball downfield, at least not at Indy. And as I pointed out, you know, one of my concerns with this Carson Wentz experience got started was if you went back and you looked at the – hell, you didn't even have to watch each game, but if you just looked at the game logs, you don't even have to get the analytics out. 
like some of Carson Wentz's games where he did less, they won, right? Like it was like they were diminishing, you know, his, you know, like they were just protecting him from himself, playing defense, running the football, you know, not making him drop back too often. And look, in some ways, that's going to be true with Taylor on Saturday. Like less is more in terms of dropbacks. I mean, I don't think you want to be throwing 40 or more times. As we pointed out before, Taylor's biggest game last year was that first Giants game, his first start, and after that he never threw for 300 yards again. And that's okay if you, if you can actually run the football and play defense and you know take the ball away and you know stay on the field, those kind of things. You know, Carson Wentz, again, 99 yards on Thursday night in that win. It was the fewest he had since week 14 last year when <laughs> the Colts beat the Patriots 27-17. He had 57 yards passing. I mean, think about that. <laughs> it's crazy, but there was a lot. There was quite a few games like that where they won, where again less was more uh, for them. And, you know, certainly a lot of times the three. You know, th- th- you see these stats year in and year out, right? Like the the three hundred yard passers, their teams lose because they're you know they're throwing the ball, they're behind or whatever. Uh, the teams that rush for more than a hundred yards, you don't see it as often now because teams don't do that as much. But you know that used to always be the thing. Okay. The 100-yard rusher team wins. The 300-yard passer team perhaps loses. It's not, it's not as true anymore, but in, the, in this particular player's case, it has been, uh, at least recently. All right, let's get to calls. You want to talk about this weekend's game, the quarterback change. Is this a opportunity? Do you think a winnable, beatable Packer team coming in here uh, got some issues of their own at FedEx Field? Or if you want to jump in on the noise outside of the off the field, the losing off the field, if you will, <laughs> it felt like yesterday at the NFL's owner, owners' meetings. You can have it that as well. All right, three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. Will, go ahead. You're with us here on the team nine eighty. What's happening? Hey, what's happening, buddy? Hey, hey, man. Uh, I think that the, the Packers are a winnable game, but um, I think that there's an even more important issue that's going on mm-hmm. because I think even with Heineken, this is just my thought. Yes, they're not a playoff winning team. A team that can win in the playoffs if even make it. But it, it, and so, which which leads to this, mm-hmm. that means at the end of the season, Ron and his staff are going to have a, a decision which could impact this team for two years, and that is if Heineke is not the guy who you already didn't think he was the guy. That's mm-hmm. why you have him on the bench. Wentz doesn't appear to be a guy, which means that at the at, you you need to find out before the season is over is how has any of those qualities because sure. if you don't and those other two guys are not the guy that means you're going back in the draft in 2023 to get the guy potentially which means yes. at the at the best you're looking at 2024 before you're gonna you're gonna say that you're really competitive so I mean Ron has to really make a good decision with this quarterback situation or this could be disastrous and we could be seeing the same thing next year yeah no doubt I don't it, have the confidence in him yeah. Well, okay, listen. Ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I was like, no question. Well, th- and thanks for the call. No, you're right. I mean, and again, you're going to let the guy who decided on this make the next decision, which is, you know, a little dangerous, right? But at the same time, you know, here, here's the other scenario that I don't think anybody wants to believe in. Here, here's another possibility. Okay, I don't know how many weeks this injury is going to be for Carson. Let's, you know, let's say Taylor does fine. You know, like wins four games, four to six, whatever it may be. Like, do you, do you go back to Wentz to see if he can play in order to, again, have the answers for next year? Um, or, you know, are they going to chalk this thing up to, you know, Carson just needed a full season with us, need to understand this, you know, even if he barely gets back on the field. 
And, and even if he gets back and struggles, right, are they going to double down on their decision from this past offseason? This would be the other thing that you'd wonder about. You know, because they could. They could very well do that. And, of course, there's the whole thing about the snap count and what have you. This injury may have saved them from having to make that decision on their own, right, in terms of the 70% snaps in order to get a, a second-round pick versus, you know, just the third, which you're owed right now. But you are correct, sir. Then, of course, there's the other problem, which is, okay, say you just decide after this season, all right, we don't trust this guy to do that, and we're just going to have to start all over then the person who makes that decision is also the guy who has brought you 20-plus years of horrific decisions. So you see what I'm saying? I mean, like, (laughs) there's door number one, there's door number two, there's door number three, there's door number four. And most of them have, like, a skeleton jumping out and screaming at you. You know what I mean? Like, to use the Halloween theme. I mean, that's kind of how it is. Like, doesn't seem to be a lot of good choices right now, you know? All right, let's get to Richard next. Richard, you're with us here on the uh, Team 90 on Burgundy Gold today. Hey, how you doing, Scott? Um, sure, just to kind of touch on what, what all you guys already said, man, uh, I'm tired of the ta- Taylor Heineke experiment. I mean, everybody has optimism. I don't think that we beat the Packers or, or really any good team. And the Packers aren't really good. But with Heineke at quarterback, I mean, the guy had four games last year where he threw more interceptions than touchdowns. He had six of them where he took at least four sacks. He holds the ball just as long as Carson does. And, I mean, he can't throw the ball outside the hash to save his life. I'm, I'm with the previous caller, man. I'd like to see what Howe's got. Um, not that we're in a winning year or anything, but at least know what you got going into the offseason and stop making the same foolish decisions. Heineke's a career backup. That's what he's going to be for us. Well, listen, if he does what you think he's going to do, then you probably will see Sam Howell at some point, right? Like if, if that's exactly how it's going to go and he doesn't get any better with better people around him, because I do think they have better people around him this year, right? I mean, they have better receiving core. Yep. Just if Curtis Samuel, you have a better running situation with AG as your second guy with Robinson, you know. And if they're going to let Taylor do what they probably should have let him do last year, you know, and, and let's be real. I think there got to be a point last year where Taylor got into his own head where it was like I got to I can't get hurt because I, I want to show that I can be durable and I'm you know I'm a guy who can play long term what have you where he kind of lost that daring nature of the guy we saw the previous year when he came into the Carolina game uh, the guy who came in to obviously get the start against the the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl or the Super Bowl in their Super Bowl year in you know in the playoff game I should say so I mean I think he lost a little bit of that at, at some point last year maybe it was at I don't know, when, when the will, and it was somewhere in October where he kind of became a little bit more careful, wasn't running as much or wasn't looking to. And, you know, for whatever reason, they didn't, really, that same thing. You know, they didn't really design anything for him to run, right? I mean, they, they, for whatever reason, decided that he wasn't a runner, you know, they, or they didn't want him to be a runner, I should say. You know, I think there was part of that. So I think this, again, a guy's put on 45 pounds, or you know, since he left college to be more durable, a muscle, and still has the same agility and speed. I think he's got to run a little bit. Now, I'm not, again, advocating he's Lamar Jackson or Jalen Hurts in that regard because he's not the same body type, but he's got to be able to do some of that and also be smart enough not to, you know, put himself in harm's way out there, you know, get down. He's just looks like. So we'll see. I think he's going to play balls out. I'll be honest. I'd be disappointed if he didn't. I think this guy understands as well as anybody. This is probably his last shot, at least here. But, you know, if nothing else, he's a backup in the NFL. I mean, he started 15 games last year. was fine. He was above average in many starts. You know, but they – you know, he got a lot of winnable games coming up. And I yeah. just – I wish we had 
guy that we knew would win us those games, and I just don't have total confidence. Like, well, did you feel confident if Wentz was playing? Let me be honest with you. With what you see with Wentz through six games, and particularly these last three games, and I think the Titans game, there were some moments, but overall it was still too uneven. I mean, you can't be one of 11 on third down and tell me you had a good game. You didn't. I mean, you know, you just didn't play good. But, I mean, the last four games from him have been painful. It's just been painful. Him not being able to identify where the blitz is coming yes. from reminds me so much of RG3. It makes no <laughs> sense. And Scott is not saving this guy's behind at all. No, no. No, he's not. And, again, I, I think there were some people that woke up excited this week when the news got out. I think one of them was Scott Turner. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, the, uh, I, I think there were some others like J.D. McKissick, Probably a Cam Sims, uh, you know. Uh, these are just the offensive well, guys. Not... Terry McCord, man, because he's uh-huh. very wide open on several drags. Yeah. Yeah. Just... yeah. Agreed. All right. Hey, thanks, Nicole. I think you're breaking up a little bit. But, no, I think there some people are excited. And like, again, this is like a lot of times the backup. You know, it's good for a couple weeks, and then it, it comes back down a little bit. The, the play drops because everybody's going to raise their game, right? Uh, and go at it, but we'll see. I, I think there are some reasons to be optimistic and play better than last year. Is that good enough, like you said, to win playoff games? Yeah, probably not. Um, but, boy, again, the way Carson was playing, I mean, he was rattled, and certainly maybe they underestimated what they needed to do for him in the in regards to, hey, yeah, he's never played in a – you know, baby of Andy Reid offense. You know what I mean? <laughs> the Doug Peterson offense was an offshoot of Andy Reid, as was obviously Frank Reich's offense last year. I mean, it's all the same thing. And then he's playing completely different terminology and what have you. And, you know, the comment from Ryan Fitzpatrick on Thursday night, for those that watched, you know, to say he didn't call it a system. He said they have their plays they like. <laughs> he goes, yeah, they got these plays they like to run. And uh, they don't really develop things for people's strengths. They just like these plays they run, is what Fitzpatrick said, who again was here, you know, for a game and a half of a regular season, but never looked comfortable here. And never, I mean, that preseason, he, he looked as uncomfortable as you could look. And this was a guy who's been a lot of places and been in a lot of systems, right, over his career. And at times he was Fitch Magic, and yes, at times, haha, Fitz Tragic, you know, you know the whole story. But anyway, a guy's pretty – I think he's – as Joe Gibbs would have said in the back of the day, super smart. You know, went to Harvard. Not all of us did. I mean, I went to Harvard at the South Old Dominion, but, you know, whatever. Um, so, you know, so I, I think this was a guy who's got a pretty good feel for what things are going on around the NFL. So I, I'm sure that got back to Scott, and I'm sure that didn't make him feel great. And I'm sure, you know, there might be some resentment from him about, you know, maybe Carson not making him look so hot at times. He'll, he'll never say it in front of an open microphone, but – I, I would have a feeling there's a little bit of that. But for a guy who's been in the league as long as he has, man, he really, really, really had been locking in on receivers, right? I mean, really locking in. There's one particular play last week when you see it on the All-22. Where he went to Terry McLaurin through like a 50-50 ball. Might have been a second down play. And they're around midfield, and he had J.D. McKissick wide open, same side of the field, and McKissick just looked so disgusted. Like, put his hands up, like, just like, I'm wide to flip open, man. What are you doing? And it was a crappy underthrown ball anyway, and Terry had to come back for it. Couldn't get to it. But anyway, and McKissick wide open. And, you know, this is, again, the Darren Sproles story about how frustrated he was in Philly. Like, wouldn't take the check down guy. Didn't like throwing to the backs, you know, like throwing to the bigger guys, guys with, you know, quote, catch radius. You know, Taylor's 
going to get the ball to McKissick. I think we know that. And I think one of the things that one of the two air things that helped last season fall to pieces was the McKissick injury in Seattle, the Seattle Monday night game, and the Logan Thomas injury the following week. Those are two guys that that Taylor relied a lot on last season outside of Terry, clearly. But you know, again, this year he's going to have more options. We'll see if he's ready to, um, you know, enjoy all the all the new toys in the toy store. I think for, I think the offense will look s- like a smoother operation, but you know, again, wait and see. They've made me look stupid before. All right, three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. The off season, the you know the uh, I should say the outside of the. Team noise, we can get to that on the phone lines if you think as well. It is getting pretty loud, needless to say, after Jim Irsay's comments yesterday. Do you think it leads to anything this time around? Get your thoughts on that, and if you want to talk about what is potentially a winnable game. What is potentially a winnable game for the Commanders on Sunday? Do you feel like they have a better chance when it comes to winning the game with their backup quarterback, Taylor Heineke? On the field, we'll get to that straight ahead. Scott Jackson with you, Burgundy Gold today here on the Team Nine Eight streaming live on the Free Odyssey app. Burgundy Gold today here on the Team Nine Eight streaming live on the Free Odyssey app. Scott Jackson here with you as we um, take your phone calls at three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. Um, so towards the end of uh, Russell and Methurst today, I, I was waiting to get on, and I heard this story. And like, you got to be, you know, like, you, and the guys did a good job because you know they had a call with Drew in Rockville, and he had somebody I guess had called earlier and said his friend had won a fifty-fifty raffle at FedEx Field against the Jaguars in the opener. Apparently, he won over fourteen thousand dollars, and his friend did, and the check arrived and. It bounced, and so I guess the fan called in and said it bounced. So now, since that story came out and Chris uh, tweeted it out, somebody from the Commanders has put out a sta- a, a team spokesperson has put out a statement saying they're aware of the situation. Uh, Nikki Javala just shared this. We've reached out to the fan and sent an electronic payment directly to his account. It was a bank error. We've reached out to the bank to determine what happened and ensure it doesn't happen again. Oh, my goodness. Whew. NFL franchises make a lot of money, don't they? It's interesting they could give him an electronic payment, too. Understood that they couldn't do that, but anyway. All right. Uh, so there you go. $14,000 check that uh, did not clear... But they're getting it straight. That's all that matters. All right. So three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. We'll get back to your uh, phone calls. And Steve is with us. Steve, uh, what's happening? Well, you, you know, Dan said you know he's got a thing where he's got a checking in the savings, and sometimes he gets the checking and savings mixed up. <laughs> so, but you know, my thing is with, with Dan. If he's get if he gets caught with his hand in the cookie jar, and the rest of the NFL does not boot him for that, I don't know what's going to get rid of. Sure, I mean it's like a goddamn going roach after a nuclear holocaust. He's still rolling. Everybody else is gone. Um, and I had a question for you. Yeah, there was a time in a, in a moment where when Russell uh, Westbrook uh, 
Russell Wilson, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Seattle, there was a thought that he might come here. So yep. I'm kind of wondering, does anybody wish that we had pulled the trigger on Russell and not gotten <laughs> Mr. Wentz? I, I, I don't know. But yeah. uh, that would have been really interesting. No doubt. He's, he's been terrible. I mean, and now he's injured and they paid him $250 million to top it off. So, yeah, we've talked about that a, a bunch of times. Like, it feels like that might have been one that you, uh, you're lucky you didn't get a chance to swing and miss on because apparently they, <laughs> they slammed the phone down on their ears. Um, and they, the Seahawks admitted that they lied to teams, including the, the commanders, about his availability, saying he wasn't available when they knew they were going to trade him. They had kind of honed in on the Denver situation from the beginning, and they liked the package they could get from them. And believe it or not, they liked Drew Locke, which is kind of funny because this would be the second time they thought they had a quarterback quarterback coming in to be the starter and it was the guy a different guy that was a starter much like with the whole you know Matt Flynn situation the offseason they paid him the money and ended up playing Russell Wilson uh, you got musical chairs with people who have a miracle is that don't have batteries in them so I don't know <laughs> you know they just keep going round and round the circles and nobody ever sits down it's, it's ridiculous <laughs> you have a great one man thanks Thank- so much Thank you, Steve. Good stuff. Yeah. No, listen, there could have been some worse choices. I mean, no doubt. I mean, look, the the one – again, we, we said this from the jump. The only thing that really gave anybody some comfort out of making – you know, biting the apple of Wentz was, hey, you have this off-ramp of, you know, no money out, right? Like, there's no guaranteed money. So you can go year to year with him. And what will be fascinating is – Again, whether he, A, gets back on the field, right, number one, and if he does perform, you know, does not perform well again, are they just done? Do they ever have to get to the point where they got to be doing snap counts to worry about what they have there as far as, you know, what they owe, you know, as far as the percentages go, or is that going to be taken out of their hands thanks to um, this, you know, this injury? So that's that's what's going to be kind of interesting. All right, let's get to Josh next. Josh, you're with us here on uh, Burgundy Gold today. What's happening? Hey, I just want to talk about the quarterback situation. Um, I would like to see Howell, too, yep. but now's not the time. Right. You know, you don't skip the number two guy and go to the number three. Right. I think it would definitely benefit him to, to be the number two guy taking some more first-team reps during the week because we know, you know, there's a chance Heineke might get hurt. Sure. You know, it it tends to happen. But I think him sitting at number two and and being the number two guy, I think as the number three guy, you're like, eh, I'm I'm, I'm never going to play. Right. You're you're mentally not as sharp. Yep. Right. I think he'll be more focused. And uh, a couple weeks, two, three weeks as the number two uh, will definitely benefit him. All right. Well, hey, thanks for the call, Josh. No, you're smart. So I said from the beginning, I said, look, if you want to see Sam Howell, you're going to see Taylor Heineke first. I've been telling people this since the beginning of the year. But you're right. I mean, listen, hopefully, and this seems to be basic, and this is probably stupid of me to even ask this question. Because, uh, look, they did it here when um, – who was the quarterback? Gosh, no, I forget. I think it was Colt. No, it wasn't Colt was playing. Yeah, it was Colt that was playing at this point. I think it was Colt that was playing in a game they had um, – Mark Sanchez was signed during the week, right? Mark Sanchez was signed. He had to end up playing in the game, right? It was the Adrian Peterson big touchdown run against the Eagles. It was like on a primetime game. I don't remember which night it was. But anyway, point was Mark Sanchez was the backup. And that week, a guy named Kevin O'Connell, the QB's coach, had to 
uh, be put in charge of, all right, you get Mark Sanchez ready. Here's like the five or six plays he can run if he's got to play in this football game. You know, thoughts and prayers for us if he does. And, of course, he did because that was that year. That was 2018, which was just a debacle, right, uh, for this team. That was the year Alex Smith got hurt, McCoy got hurt, and then Sanchez played. But, anyway, so they had to get Sanchez ready to play. So they had, like, so many plays during the week that they already got ready for him because he was brought in that week or whatever. Uh, so just to be ready. So I would like to think, you know, yes, you got your Taylor Heineke package this week, what you're going to do with Taylor, but I'd like to think that the uh, the Brain Trust has also got this thing ready to roll with, you know, with the kid, Sam Howell, if need be. Like, okay, this is what Sam could do in a game we'd be comfortable with. Here's what he'd be comfortable with. This is what we have. And I say I hope they do, and I'm not assuming anything because it's the same staff that a few weeks ago claimed that you don't call multiple plays in the huddle which yet every other team in America says you can do, but whatever. They couldn't do that against the Titans because we were told about down and distance. Apparently this quarterback has not played long enough to understand that there could be, you know, there's extra plays or whatever. So, I don't know. Every, everybody does things differently. But that kind of blew me away a few weeks ago. And by the way, you know who was a quarterback for the Eagles that night? Carson Wentz. He was 27-39, to 39, 306 yards and two touchdowns. Was picked once. And it was Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy started four for four for 50 yards in that game and got hurt. And that was the end of his season. That was the kind of year that was. That was a nutty, nutty year. Pretty awful as well for the uh, commanders. I think they finished seven and nine somehow despite playing four quarterbacks. All right. Three zero one two three zero zero nine. And if you're on the line, hang in there. We'll get back to you on the other side. We've got to take a quick timeout. Uh, Frank, hang in there. Paulie and others will be with you next. It is Burgundy Gold today here on the Team 980 streaming live in the free Odyssey app. Burgundy Gold today. Scott Jackson with you here on the Team 980 streaming live on the free Odyssey app. Uh, back to some phone calls at 301-230-0980 talking about the Potentially winnable game, believe it or not, against a Green Bay Packer team that's struggling. We'll talk more about them when Doug Russell joins us coming up uh, at the top of the hour. And um, we'll also obviously entertain your calls. You want to talk about the off-the-field situation here with yesterday's owners' meetings, what Jim Mersey had to say, and do you feel like the noise, which probably has allowed us to spend the heat, whatever you want to call it, uh, is going to actually result in anything. Right? Is it going to result in anything significant or not? I still am on the wait and see until you hear about the actual, you know, other 23 people who want to go on the record here and say they want to do this besides Jim Mercer. All right, let's grab uh, next. We're going to get to um, John. No, Frank. I'm sorry. Frank, you're next up here on the uh, Team Nenity. How are you doing? Hi, Scott. Great show today. Thanks, um, I just, well, I just have a question. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we're $10 million under the cap, which seems to be the exact amount of money that was fined. Danny was fined by the league. <laughs> and I'm just wondering, I just can't help but wondering if he's not taking it from our team to buy his, you know, to pay his fine. Seems awful strange. Yeah, but, I don't, like, remember this. I mean, bothers. yeah, no, I don't, I don't know if that's the case, but remember this, um, this team, um, you know, this is a one owner team now, right? It's one family. It's not, there's not a group of people here. Um, so yeah, I mean, you do have to wonder what the cash situation is. It seemed like they're very slow to do some things. Um, you know, I don't know if, you know, our our quarterbacks, it's a jailbreak every week and we need some offensive help here. 
we got yeah. ten million sitting around, but you know, I, I think it's I think it's like five and a half right now. I don't think it's ten million. It's like five and a half right now. Yeah, it's five and a half right now. Okay. I don't know, but they they definitely don't spend like they used to. Um, I, I would say that. And, you know, they did do McLaurin's deal, or you know, which was significant, obviously, to bump him up. Uh, they did make some cuts that, again, are, are kind of silly. And in the, in the end, you kind of think, well, wow, you could have used this player. And, you know, speaking of Eric Flowers, most importantly, uh, just to save a few mil, it didn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. That was, um, that was odd, for sure. I mean, some of the things that they did. Um, but you, you do wonder when you don't have, again, a group of partners you know, that are involved and it's just one person, if that has changed it. And they don't make the money they used to. I mean, they don't have the revenue they used to. I mean, there's no doubt uh, that that's true. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I would hope to think that that's not influencing decisions. But, you know, you, you certainly got to wonder. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Right, let's get to Pauly next. Pauly, uh, you're with us here on the Team 98. What's up? Satellite Jackson, man, hell to the W. <laughs> What's hey, up, boy? They clearly take it from the 50-50 raffle fund. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. You know I mean? Amazing. <laughs> hey, let, let me say this, though, man. I hear a lot of these callers calling in, talking about Heineke and Heineke magic and all that. Man, y'all, y'all sound like wrong. This is not about – we're not one position away. This is not one quarterback away. All right, this is about complimentary football. You know what I mean? This has to do with, with the offense. You know, the offensive line, Norwell not being on skates. It has to do with Scott Turner coming up with a good game plan. You know, and, and, and of course, also the quarterback. You know what I mean? But special teams. You know, Joey, Joey Slide can't be missing field goals at the, at, at the end of the game mm-hmm. where we could be up comfortably, maybe, or not sweating at the end. You know, the defense can't be giving up 35, 38 yards runs with under a minute left for the game and, and giving up, you know, as Ron like to say, explosive plays. Mm-hmm. So this is not just about Heineke. This is about complimentary football. We need all three phases on the field, mm-hmm. and we need all three phases in coaching, you know, offense, defense, special teams, to put together a solid game. Now, now Heineke, I, I'm, cur- I, I'm excited, to be excited, anxious, and curious to see Heineke because I want to just see – has he developed from year one to year two? Sure. He played 15 games last year, basically as a rookie. First time getting extended play. Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I said this before earlier, you know, the game should slow down a little bit more for him. You know, so I, I'm curious to see where has he, has he actually took another step forward. And if he, if he has, and we can play some good complimentary football, you know, we, we might be, be able to put, some, put a win streak together here or, or get a couple of wins. You know what I mean? But it has to be all ass, all facets of the game, man. Not, let's not just put this all on Heineke because a lot of all y'all fans kept saying Ron's delusional because he's thinking it, we were just a quarterback away. Well, now, I don't think anybody right. thinks they're going to the Super Bowl because of Heineke, but I think you can actually do better than one of 11 and two of 11 on third down with Heineke because he'll actually take the layups. I mean, I do think that, and he'll get out of his own way in the way of the pass rush, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, we got to be honest. There are just some physical things that have deteriorated with Carson prior to his finger injury. He can't run. I mean, he can't run anymore, dude. He got run down by Simmons, who was like a good run. 10 yards behind him. He used to run away from guys. He can't run away from anybody anymore. You know? Speaking of run, speaking yeah. of running, they need to be running Antonio Gibson a whole lot more than have have they been doing since Brian Robinson been been back. All our success since Ron has been here has been with with them feeding Antonio Gibson. I'm all for Robinson. I love him. 
Ron keeps talking about this one-two punch. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Give Antonio Gibson the ball. They need to have more plays, Paulie. Paulie, pay attention. The, the last few weeks, they have not had any plays because you're again, yeah, I, you're not I, getting I, uh, I, off the, on I, staying I on the field. That, That's why you're not going to see a good balance. That you're not going to get a good balance for anybody in terms of touches until you actually get plays. I mean, that's what's that's killing true. them, and that's where I'm encouraged and and interested in seeing Heineke this week. That's where I think they can do better, but maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it is all systematic. It's all the offensive line's fault or what have you, but yeah, actually the offensive line actually protected Carson some last week. He just made some terrible decisions. Hey, it was Norway was still Norway was still on skates, but last week Robinson had 17 carries. Mm-hmm. He wasn't really that effective. He was until, in the second half. Uh, until, until he was. Gib- Why? Because they gave the ball to Gibson, and he opened things no, up. No, Gibson had some good Robinson. runs, but before that, again, before that, when you need two or three yards, Robinson's going to get that. For the problem with Antonio is, yeah, there's some boom, no doubt, but there's also a lot of bust, and there's negative runs in there. But last week, he was very efficient. There's no question, I mean, in the runs that he had. Um, but I, I think what they like about Robinson, and again, he's still getting his legs under him. He's, you know, he's behind. Hey, look, man. I'm he's behind. Call you, I'm going to call you up so I can yell at you. Because I know we ain't got time for right there. Hell t- all right, buddy. See ya. Um, yeah, I mean, again, you know what help all these guys is getting some plays. I mean, my goodness. I mean, get some plays. I mean, you, why did you spend money to keep J.D. McKissick not to use him? I mean, why all of a sudden is Curtis Samuel not in motion? Why is he not getting the the reverses anymore? Now it's going to McLaurin. I mean, it was almost like, again, somebody said to Scott, hey, hey, uh, in the pregame show, Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic said you don't get your best players the ball because uh, you had these plays here, so you better do that, Terry. And I was like, all right, crap. Hey, Terry, I need you to be on the other side for this play. You know, it was just like it was weird, right? I mean, like out of this nowhere, this happened. I don't know. They, they, they do some fascinating things, no question about it. And it is a bit disturbing that it takes injury or an act of God for, you know, things to get better with, you know, said reserve being plugged in. Like, you know, the right tackle position seems to have settled with Cornelius Lucas. Just saying. Same like getting Trey Turner off the field. You know, Norwell, not great in pass pro, agreed, but actually pretty good run blocker. The best runs go to the left. So that's what you need to do, play to their strengths. Uh, we'll see if they do that, if they get be, look smarter on uh, Sunday at home. I hope so, because it's going to be a cheesehead crowd, and they're going to need to silence them. I'm going to talk about this silent count tomorrow with Walker and see what he says. <laughs> It'll drive him crazy. We're gonna do, we're gonna talk about going going uh, silent count at home this week when Walker's in here tomorrow. Doc loved it. He thought I was crazy when I said it before the Eagles game. <laughs> All right, Doug Russell's gonna join us uh, coming at the top of the hour. Sports director of ninety seven point three, the game in Milwaukee. Get his take on what is wrong with the pack. Is this a personnel problem? Is this an Aaron Rodgers problem? Dare we say that in front of open microphones? I'm sure he's not allowed to say that in Milwaukee, but we just said it here in D.C. We'll get to all that straight ahead. It is uh, Burgundy Gold today. Scott Jackson with you here on the team, not only streaming live on the free Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.